Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. That lady is like yelling at us. I've never heard that lady before. Yeah. Now I'm nervous. Yeah, we're recording Bleacher Blums. This is Jeff Blum. (laughs) Hey, dude. This is a whole new realm for us. We are back. We're actually we are going back in time a little bit because we have a huge announcement here on Bleacher Blums. But before we get to that, this is the Bleacher Blums podcast. My name is Jeff Blum. I am a 14-year Major League veteran. I am currently the the color analyst on the Houston Astros broadcast uh, for their TV side. And I absolutely love my job, but I have a lot of experience playing the game. And I also have a lot of experience covering a team who is embroiled in scandal and embroiled in in competition and a very good ball club at that. And uh, I'm a Californian who moved to Houston. and I now consider myself a Texan. But my co-host on the left coast who is shaking his head is is David Tuttle. David Tuttle, give us a little bit of your bio. I know I'm springing this on you and and it's kind of shocking, but... We're kind of reintroducing ourselves as Bleacher Blums because there may be some new listeners as we get this thing going. So, Tuttle, how are you yeah. doing? And who the heck are you, man? Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Blummer. Uh, yeah, Dave Tuttle, uh, native Californian. I've lived all over the country and ended up back in California. I do not consider myself a Texan. Uh, I did have the good fortune of playing nine years of professional baseball, not at the major league level, but I was an all-American pitcher at Santa Clara. Grew up in the Bay Area and, um, as I mentioned, had lived uh, all over the place. Uh, played on Team USA. You always like to bring that one up with uh, plenty of big That's leaguers big on time, that man. team. That ah, was a good time. I think the Stanford coach had a little to do with getting me in there. He was a little jealous that I didn't choose his institution, right? So, no. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, but obviously, uh, you didn't touch on this, but you and I became friends as our kids went to school together. Realize that we have a ton of friends in common as the uh, baseball fraternity is fairly small. Um, you know, I do have a real job. I'm not a color commentator on television, but, uh, and I don't know if I have the hands of, uh, hands of pillows like you showed the other <laughs> night. So, but yeah, obviously we're both ex-professional baseball players. Uh, we took different paths, but both ex-professional baseball players, good friends, fathers of multiples and, um, and welcome to the Bleacher Blums podcast. Uh, we do a little left coast, third coast stuff on this, um, mm-hmm. hoping to expand the audience. And as you said, we may have some new listeners and some people that aren't really aware of who we are and why we're doing what we do. But Blummer, what, uh, why will we get some new listeners? Uh, well, if, if you are new, we, are, we talk a lot about all of the sports and how we kind of use our baseball background to explain that and talk about that a little bit. And we have, for the past year, been on a video network with, in combination with our audio. But as much as we enjoyed that, I think we're going back to the audio. So the news that we have is we are no longer going to be with the Social Nostra network on the YouTube. And we are going to go back to primarily audio. And a lot of the reason for that is the fact that we feel like we can be a little more current. I think as far as I felt, I don't know how you felt, Tuttle. I know that we're kind of on the same page in this in this aspect that we want to be a little more current. We want to be more up to date. We want people to enjoy our banter on hot topics that are coming out. And I think that got a little stunted when we were worried about video production and doing our hair and making sure we sounded perfectly and and things got kind of lost in the production side of it. And therefore, we were about a week behind in a lot of issues that we were talking about. 
So we yeah. want to be a little more current. And we were approached by Blue Wire Podcast Network. And we have signed a contract with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you go to bluewirepods.com, you can investigate and search through their uh, podcasts. They have about 150 podcasts. And the other thing is they are primarily a sports-centric podcast company, and they've asked us to come aboard. And we think this is a real opportunity for us to get out there and reestablish ourselves as a current, mindful, thoughtful, creative, enjoyable listen as far as the podcast is concerned. And obviously, we bring a little bit of a, a twinge or a little bit of a tweak to the whole situation because I'm, I'm down here in Houston. Tuttle is out there on the West Coast. So we're trying to bring that bi-coastal feel to this thing. And they felt uh, that listening to our podcast, that we could bring something to their podcast network. But I'm going to let Tuttle jump in right here and maybe you know expand on some of the thoughts that I just had and the excitement we have in moving to a Blue Wire podcast network where uh, we're going to be featured. Yeah. And I, and I, I mean, I, I, I echo everything you said. Um, one of the things that we definitely discussed was that the blue wire network is going to yeah. be specifically, um, sports driven. So most of the network that they have and most of the items that they're covering is sports. I know when we were on social Nostra, we dabbled in a bunch of different things. Um, so, uh, that, that appealed to us obviously. And I think as you already mentioned, we're left coast and, and, and third coast, but, um, you know, being able to bring on some guests, uh, you mentioned the scandal, you're used to, uh, losing teams in Houston, winning <laughs> teams in Houston, some scandal over there that we might be able to bring in some Yankee fans, some Dodger fans. And, you know, I mean, we can kind of cover the, the, uh, the nation and, and make this, uh, make this a little more of a broader, uh, audience and maybe broader subjects, um, as Alfred, uh, Alfred's, making an, Alfred's making Alfred's an appearance. Making an He's appearance. excited about this, man. Yeah. Blue Wired's coming on and Alfred's like, wait a minute. Yeah, he loves it. Uh, so Friday <laughs> in the, uh, Friday is our uh, is our landscape day. So he loves the landscaper oh, yeah. when he shows up outside. So anyway, but but just to like I said, echo what you said, and just to finish that thought. So a sports vertical, more audio focused. I mean, you know, Jeff and I are you know fairly handsome gentlemen, but you know, shiny forehead and having <laughs> to get all dolled up to do a podcast isn't always um, ideal. And I think to your point. Um, not just to be the edit, the editing for the video, but, you know, being able to kind of get you on the phone and maybe, you know, hit a topic for 15 minutes and be more topical. We can do that from anywhere yeah. now with uh, technology. And I think that's going to, you know, I think that's going to make us not more relevant, but it's going to be more exciting for us and more exciting for the listeners. I'll leave it at that. No, absolutely. And you can still reach us on bleacherblums.com if you want to get in that mailbag. And I think that's to Tuttle's point is some of the mailbag questions we get are, have you, have you touched on this? Did you hear about that? And that's where we kind of want to update our podcast a little bit and get back on those current events and get in the moment. So we will hopefully record a little bit earlier and everybody getting back to work encourages us because we want to be able to provide that noise when you're in that car stuck in traffic going to that next job. Yeah. Hey, Blummer, I do have something for you. It's funny you brought up the mailbag. There was one mailbag question that came uh, came across the wire. And it's funny because this is the opposite of necessarily having to have an answer like topical. Like, hey, what did you think about, you know, Mickey Calloway, for example? This one is. Oh, Lord. Let me read Finally it. Finally fired his ass. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Let's go to. Uh, this is the mailbag, though, and you'll deal this uh, deal with this well. The, um, the subject is San Clemente Breweries. This just came in this week. Ooh. Hey, Tuttle, I went to a wedding in San Clemente. Of course, you're a San Clemente uh, guy too, but 
now you're a Houston. Lived there, you I lived in San Clemente for 15 years. I know. I'm just saying. He he said, "Hey Tuttle, I went to a wedding in San Clemente, so I'm getting I credit know. for stuff that you know because you you just announced you're a Texan now." So no. Um, I, <laughs> hey Tuttle, I went to a wedding in San Clemente last year, and the day after the wedding, my wife and I hit five breweries in one night. Uber is a wonderful thing, he says. By the way, um, <laughs> this is from Mark. And my Don't favorite drive, brewery. Good job. That's right. Uber. And my favorite uh, brewery was Dosen, which darn good brewery. Got no no argument there. I had one of the best beers I've ever had there. I think it was called Gimme. What's your favorite brewery in SoCal uh, or the San Clemente area? So I'm going to throw that to you first. I know he asked Tuttle, but okay. you've been in San Clemente for 15 years. You probably don't even know. There's been like three open since you know since know. you left, but it's expanded. So I, I lived there for 15 years. That was one. So when I first got my first arbitration check, I literally, you know, my, I, I put my wife on a plane with my arbitration check and I said, we flew her to San Diego and she started to stop at towns until she got, you know, she was going Del Mar, Solana beach, uh, you know, La Jolla, we were going to all these bougie spots and she <laughs> got past camp Pendleton and saw a new build placed in uh, San Clemente. And we we bought a home in San Clemente in 2003 with my first arbitration check. And we lived there for about, what, 14, 15 years until I moved here to Houston and became a Texan. So got to know the area. My daughters were born and raised there. We love that area. And it is phenomenal. And it's good to hear that they're actually booming as far as the craft breweries are concerned. Because last time I was there, obviously, Pizza Port uh, it, it was the original craft brew place. But I think that's a little more San Diego. So I loved drinking a, you know, a Swami's every once in a while. And when they came out with the uh, four can pack that you could walk out of there with, and uh, you know, we would get the pony keg every once in a while of Swami's and take that back to the house. Uh, the one that I really enjoyed, I can't remember the name of the beer, but it had something to do with, you know, clenched fist or two fist, uh, but it was artifacts. I think it was A-R-T-I-F-E-X, artifacts. And that was just up on Pico Boulevard there in San Clemente. So pizza port, any, I mean, a wide range of craft beers that you can go get there, but then go up, go up the street to, I don't know if they're still on Pico, but Google artifacts and go up there. They have a cute little, you know, it's not very big. It's kind of small, but uh, go up there and try some of their beers. Phenomenal stuff. But I'm glad to hear there's more beers popping up in San Clemente, man. Yeah. So you nailed it. Artifacts is great. I believe they've now opened up a, either a second location or they moved during COVID, but that little one nice. on Pico up in the industrial section is still there. Yeah. They had, with COVID, they had okay, to like good. move out into the parking lot. You know, they have like a beer tent. Yep. Artifacts is great. There's another one up there called Lost Winds, which is relatively new. Um, I was hoping you wouldn't steal my thunder, but it's break. so funny. It's so funny that you said that because we're outing Pizza Port here. My favorite one, my favorite microbrewery, if you want to call it that, is Pizza Port. And mm -hmm. most people don't so know it. I know it's variety. a lot of beach. They have such good variety, but they're really beer brewers. And most people look mm -hmm. at Pizza Port and they're like, oh, yeah, their pizza's okay. <laughs> you know, their pizza's decent. I actually like their pizza, but people will drive by it looking for a microbrewery, not knowing that Pizza Port is the place to be. So Dude, I think we're the outing best, them yeah. here. But yeah, now Whole Foods carries all their stuff. You can get Swamis in Houston, I bet. Go to Whole Foods and you get the Swami six. I'm going to have to go check uh, that out because I do miss Swamis every once in a while. I'm going to have to go oh, find yeah, that's that. One of my, good call. That's one of my favorites. It's a good, easy drinking uh, IPA. But, but so, you know, there's Lost Winds, there's uh, there's Artifacts, um, there's Docent, there's, um, I mean, there's so many breweries down here, um, but I mm -hmm. will just, you know, 
just for lack of a ending the topic, Pizza Port. I mean, that's that's the best brewery in San Clemente. And, and yeah, South if you California. get locked up or a place is closed or you don't know what to do and your boys, are, you know, we got one guy that likes the super light beer and you got the one guy that likes the, the heavy, you know, Guinnessy type beer, go to Pizza Port. They have that's all of them on tap and you guys are golden and set to go. So, there yeah, that's awesome. Makes yeah, me miss home a little bit. Well, there you go. So there's the mailbag. And so hopefully, like you said, we can be more topical. I know that wasn't something we had to get out right away, but at least people will get a taste of uh, what the podcast is about. I love that about. people on the West Coast are tuning in and asking us about it because you can go to Bleacher Blums and check out that mailbag. Uh, we got swag on there from Ram Shirts, who, who is hooking us up big time. And Just Geek It Solutions actually set that site up for us. So we appreciate them. And with us going to the new Blue Wire Podcast Network, you can still find us how you find us. We are on every audio platform. We actually may even expand now that Blue Wire is going to be uh, distributing this podcast for us. So just remember to go rate, review. But if you like listening to this podcast, subscribe. If you subscribe, you will never lose track of us. We will always be there with you. So make sure that you go to Blue Wire Pods, check us out, and then make sure you go and uh, subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform because we will always be there for you. Yes, which is a good thing for most, I guess. Yeah, we're always there, just like baseball is always on, right? <laughs> we'll be there, there more. Go. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to jump into a topic. I don't know if it's actually going to be it. that long, but we've talked often about um, uh, true outcomes. I think you talked about um, the left-handed oh, hitter man. for Texas, right, as Gallo. Like Joey the, Gallo. The, he's the true outcome guy. But, you know, my second favorite broadcast team, as anybody who listens to this, is the Giants broadcast team, and it's Kruko and Piper. <laughs> I do, you know, I just have a fondness because I grew up in the Bay Area. But I, I have to say, I never heard it put this way. And Kruko said it. I love it. Do you know Kruko saying for a true outcome? So I want people to understand that, like, you know, Kruko, you know, Kruko and Kuiper. I mean, these guys have been around forever. They are a staple <laughs> in Northern California. Yes, but like Tuttle is saying, even if you're out of market and you're on the MLB network or you're flipping yeah. through the uh, MLB.tv and you're like, Oh, the Giants are playing. I guarantee you a majority of people will pick the San Francisco broadcast because yeah. they're so unique. They're so authentic and raw. Yeah. You know, I, the, the only reason I bring this up, hold your thought, is Man. that Bauer last pitched in San Francisco and he did that goofy little sword thing when a guy checks mm -hmm. his swing. <laughs> and I think it was Kruko was like, they're going to break. And he's like, all you hear is that thing's tired. <laughs> he just, one word blew him up and they went to break it was hilarious that's great so Kruko and Kuiper uniquely right I mean TK is obviously yes. the consummate professional but you know you got him in there with a voice and he's you know totally professional and you as the ex-player Kruko and Kuiper both played which is kind of interesting too that's a unique thing You're right because right? I was listening to Milwaukee's broadcast and Euchre he'll just go like Euchre barely has a guy with him like Euchre just talks and talks and talks <laughs> But he's an ex-player, too, and a broadcaster. He's been doing it for years. Like, he just kind of goes on and on. And every once in a while, maybe an inning later, you'll hear a guy chime in. He goes, yep, right, Choney, or something? And you're like, yep. And that's it. It's almost like Major League. It's like again. the movie just, Major League. It is hilarious to just watch that roll out. But so what I was going to say is Kruko and Kuiper, true outcomes has become this analytical thing in baseball, which is, right, strikeout or home run. I mean, these are these are the true strikeout, outcomes. Strikeout, home run, and walk, yeah. Sorry, strikeout, home runner, walk, and Joey Gallo kind of brought that to the forefront. And now that's what a big analytical tool for a lot of major league teams. 
this was my favorite, Kruko. Uh, and it's usually Kruko because I'm an ex-pitcher. He's always talking about But he said, um, outhouse or castle. That was like, I like it. So you're either going to the outhouse or the castle. And I thought, and, and that's really, I mean, I'm sure we could come up with a bunch of analogies. I hadn't heard that. I didn't know if you'd heard that. But basically, you know, yeah, right? True outcome. It's either you're the outhouse or the castle by doing what you're supposed to do. And, uh, I don't know. And you I know what's it. great about that? It's great because they they're they're recognizing the current game and the current state of affairs with the analytics, sabermetrics, whatever you want to call it. That's right. And you're right. True out the true outcome has become baseball. That's probably what most people argue has made it the you know most hard to watch sometimes. But Kipe, I love recognizes the current state of affairs, but also <laughs> the dude's old school. So he's yeah. like, bah, the outhouse of the. Castle, bah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's so going to have that. to figure out how to translate it to the people that are watching, right? So exactly, he knows his market. He knows who's listening to him, and he knows how to how to speak to them. It's great. Yeah. So you got to come up with something for the broadcast, outhouse or castle, and uh, something that's analogous to that, and might sound great. So people go, oh yeah, true outcome. Either well, we could go you're the hero, hero or the yeah. goat, or whatever. You're going to be the hero <laughs> or the goat. I mean that, but that's Gallo every time, right? He's either. Comes yeah. up with the bases loaded. He's either going to walk and drive in a run, hit a grand slam, or strike out. And usually he strikes out. It's like, all right, but it's the outhouse it, today. Yeah, isn't it funny though that uh, you know on the on the off, if you look at it from the hitter's perspective, two thirds of the outcomes are in the favor of the hitter, and if you're the pitcher, only one third of the outcomes is is in your favor. It's crazy to me. Yeah, well, get him to pop out, and that should be good too. That should count. I would right? say that it's should count, right? Just out. Not a true outcome, but that's what you want. <laughs> hey, I'm going to lead to uh, you know something that you know you're a fairly humble guy, but Twitter blew up the other night, and uh, oh my, I don't I don't yeah. usually lead this podcast, man. The new listeners gonna be like, "What's this Tuttle guy? He's like the host here, just the you know he's I the like straight him. man." But uh, but Blummer, I mean that video is worth a thousand words. They say that, and oh, I was man. saying, you know, as an ex-player, and that you know, you run towards the fire, and your hands are still soft and pillowy, and you caught the ball, a foul <laughs> ball, right into your booth. But there were a lot of things that could have gone wrong. I kept thinking if it hit the facade or if it hit that little box in front of you, it would have been more of a flinch. Oh. Um, two things. One is you probably didn't even think about it. It was just a reaction. But what did TK say after that or off air? Because TK, now that video, it's like in lore. Like, you know, I showed my wife the video. Let's put it this way. And she's like, that's what a normal person would do, right? She looked at TK and she's like, so so it's not putting TK down. She's like, that TK, no. that's a right reaction. That's what a guy is supposed to do. And you just stood up and caught it and you're like, hey. So it, I don't know if you want to expand on what we're talking about since we're going audio now. But uh there were a lot of things that yeah. could have happened and that just worked out really well. And now you're a hero again. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm glad I caught it, you know, cause <laughs> it could have gone spiraling out of control in the other direction, you know, and, and you're right. It became an instinctual thing because the other day that last game uh, that Trevor Bauer was pitching in against the Houston Astros at Minute Maid Park. And thank God I was actually at the game and watching the game and calling the game from there. And, uh, a foul ball came in. We don't get too many foul. We get foul balls in front of us, but not too many that actually come in the booth. So as, as the foul, as the swing is taken, you know, it was a 94, 95 mile an hour fastball high in the zone. Miles Straw fouls it back and it's coming back. And I'm, I, I'm kind of recognizing that this is on a, on a relatively decent rate of speed to get into our booth. And then I'm watching the arc of it and I'm like, it's going to miss the upper deck. And it's headed for us. There's a chance it comes in. 
oh shit, here it is. I, I've got to make a play. And that was, but that's how my mind was working. And if you do have a chance to watch, you know, on Twitter, if you go to my Twitter account at Blummer27, there's video on it. And if you go to Instagram, I posted it on Instagram also uh, with the same handle at Blummer27. And if you want to get it Tuttle, you can go to at Real David Tuttle on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. But you kind of see the, the, the way the play unfolds because one angle shows me just stand up and catch it. But there's an angle of the camera in the booth where I'm sitting there kind of casually, kind of lean back, just calling the game, listening to TK. We're setting up the at bat and it comes back and TK's like, there's a foul ball that's coming into the booth. Boom, caught it. You know, and it was like as he's dodging out of the way. And I but I'm sitting there and I'm recognizing in the whole thought process. And eventually I just stand up and I go to the ball. And I, and fortunately I catch it, you know, I'm proud of it. I show it to the crowd, but you're right. I watched the replay several times and thank God it was on the arc. It was on because it barely cleared my monitor. It barely cleared my computer. And if it does ricochet off any of that stuff, I mean, it's off the chops. It's off, you know, I stood up, so it could have been off my junk pile. I mean, it could have been a disaster. In so many different ways, but if it turned out the way it did, and it did kind of go a little bit viral, and it was a lot of fun to to talk about and share with fans, it is. And you know, it's funny. Um, this is the old uh, parenting thing. Like, what if this happened, or what if that happened? You know, <laughs> gosh, that car ran a red light. Like serious stuff. It's like, what? If, it didn't, right? It didn't. So you got up, yeah. you caught it, and everything went well. What I what the the thing that stands out the most, actually, I, I you and I did not talk about this prior to the podcast, is. Now I realize why we have a commonality and I realize some of the skill set that you that you develop over years of in any profession. Like this is how I sell better. This is how I jump out of airplanes better. You know, this is what I do. I have the same kind of trigger in my mind, which you have. And you described that. I mean, this happened in one or two seconds. And you're like, I saw a 95 on our fastball come in. I saw Miles Straw take a swing and I saw it go this way. And the trajectory of the ball, and they don't usually get in the booth. I mean, this is in two seconds. And when you talk about it, yeah. it's how long and how many thoughts that went through your head. That's me. Like, oh, yeah, it looks, oh, his swing looks short. Oh, yeah, the ball's going to go to left field. Oh, I see that. Oh, the guy's got to move in. I see it in that slow picture as well. TK, when you describe what he said, oh, my God, there's a swing. Oh, and it's it's coming into the booth. Like, I think a normal person, yes, yeah, a normal person thinks like that. But somebody who's been around the game or has to have those reactions thinks the way you described it. And I think it's funny when you verbalize it, the verbalization of that mirrors exactly what the body language did for both of you guys. And I think, and I think that's, you know, hey, how did you play Major League Baseball for so many years? Or how did you get to that level? Well, my mindset, my, you know, how I slow things down. You hear any good athlete, like even hitting a game-winning shot in the, you know, in the uh in uh the NBA or you know, catching a touchdown, like I was running and the ball, I just saw it in the trajectory. Like, you know, it just, we slow it down. And what you said, just hit the, hit the nail on the head. And I think that that video speaks a, a thousand words and, and articulates exactly. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it. You know, I'm glad Tuttle brings that up and is able to recognize that. That's why this is usually a good mix because I'll just kind of spew words and he goes, wait, did you hear what you just said? I'm like, no. And, uh, but that, that's how, that's how I am processing the game as it is going, just like Tuttle explained it, but it's good to actually verbalize it. Uh, like you said, and kind of have that afterthought because in the moment, you're right. Everything happened so quickly, but yeah. in my mind, that's exactly how things were going. 
And, and, you know, people that listen to this podcast that'll write in on mailbag or, you know, friends of mine that listen to this podcast, you know, that's most of our listeners, right? Friends, family, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they'll say the same thing. They'll say, boy, you guys really know your stuff. And I think what happens is just, you know, unless you're an idiot and you sleep under a rock or you don't talk sports a lot, we've just been doing this for so long in terms of watching games and being around games and talking to athletes and living in a locker room, whatever it is. And I think that, yeah, it becomes second nature. And I just think, like you said, I sometimes don't realize things I say, you don't realize things you say, but, you know, to the, to the lay person, I hope, hopefully that lays out kind of the difference right there, right? Like, this is what you saw and this is what TK saw and that's why it went the way it did. So anyway. No, that was a lot of fun. It, it, and I'm, like I said, I'm really glad it turned out the way it did. Um, <laughs> There were, there were, there were, the only thing I've got that may, might be a little bit of a hot topic, and I don't know if you caught this, and I read a little bit of an article in, uh, in The Athletic about this, is a sticky situation uh, in St. Louis when, or not in St. Louis, but it was in Chicago, St. Louis Cardinals against the Chicago White Sox. Oddly enough, didn't, uh, didn't involve our favorite manager, Tony La Russa, in the league, I tongue-in-cheek with that. But uh, it involved uh, the St. Louis Cardinals pitcher Gallegos coming into the game with a, a hat and uh, second base umpire, I believe, Dan Bellino, went to crew chief Joe West. Joe West went to the pitcher, checked on the hat, found something on the hat he didn't like, told the pitcher to get rid of the hat and get a new hat. Uh, he was not going to throw the pitcher out. He was just going to get him a new hat, let him pitch. Mike Schilt, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, came out, had an argument, eventually gets ejected, and then went on an absolutely unbelievable tirade Post game explaining, you know, the state of the game and and where this is. But one of the taboos in baseball and one of the the notable taboos, other than sign stealing, is the fact that pitchers use substances to get a better grip on the baseball to throw pitches. I have always been a proponent of go ahead. I don't care if you want to get a better grip on the baseball because as a hitter, I will explain to you this. As a hitter, I want you to have control. I want you to have the spin. I want you to be comfortable throwing your pitches out there because guess what? As a hitter, I want to know that you're going to throw it in the strike zone or in the vicinity of the strike zone. The next thing is, is I'm anticipating you having your best stuff. So if you throw a slider and you don't have a grip and it's moving all over the place, I can't anticipate where the hell that pitch is going. So I want to be able to anticipate spin and I want you to have that better pitch. Those are the, those are the biggest reasons for me not caring about pitchers using the sticky substance, but Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred again sticking their nose in something that just doesn't need to be policed from an office. This is something that is policed on the field, and pitchers have done a better job getting away from the, the pine tar. They're doing it with sunscreen. They're doing it with rosin. They've figured out different substances to be a little more discreet. But Joe West in injected himself into the situation, and Schilt brought it to the forefront. I don't think it's a big deal, but Major League Baseball has to address this somehow, and I'm not sure how they do it or if they even try to enforce it. You being a pitcher, Tuttle, do you have experience with this, and how do, you, how do pitchers feel about this? Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about this before a couple different times. I have, a, I have some thoughts. Now, I just looked up the definition of tirade because I watched uh, Schilt uh, for 10 minutes, and <laughs> I didn't think that was a tirade. I mean, he went nuts on the umpire, but and rightfully so. But now that I look up the definition, I agree. to protect I guess, his pitcher, I agree. Right. So a tirade sounds like a long, angry speech of criticism or accusation. 
I guess it falls under. I mean, I hate you use tirade. I don't know if you watched it, but I mean, MLB Network. Exaggerate. That's thing. part it's of my a job tirade. as a broadcaster. Here, here was Mike Schultz's demeanor. My wife's probably going to get mad at me for this, and she usually criticizes me when I get home. So you know, whatever. Like he kind of said that, and he said, <laughs> but I had to go defend my guy. He said, look. I don't understand why we're policing this. I don't blame Joe West. Somebody asked if they thought it came from the other uh, dugout, point. which great point. You know, yeah, they, they said, did it come from the other dugout? And I was like, yes, Tony Larusa. Let's get him embroiled in something. <laughs> and he said, no, I don't think it came from there. And actually, Schilt gave a good com- uh, compliment to Joe West, saying, look, <clears throat> Joe West said mm-hmm. to him, he wants Gallegos to be able to pitch because once he throws a couple of pitches and then they great go point. out and say you have a sub, they have to throw him out of the game. So he's like, look, if you switch hats, he basically told him during warm-up pitches, if you switch hats before you throw an actual game pitch, then you'll I'm then I'll let you stay in the game kind of thing. But again, it does. It came down from Manfred's office, according to Schilt. And I think your question is more for me, what do you think about substances? We've talked about it a little bit on here. Um, and pitchers, and I always defer to hitters in this, like. Yeah, rosin. I used to lick my fingers all the time, but it was really to get a good mm-hmm. grip. And I think the difference is, and this is the again the unwritten rules of baseball. You're not supposed to have any substance when you're throwing. I mean, I was listening to an MLB game on the radio last night. A pitcher I didn't even hear. They were like, "Oh yeah, he's throwing 96, 97." Like I had never even heard of this guy. They're like, "Oh, there's a 97 mile an hour fastball in the lower, you know, outer half." I'm like, "Who is this guy?" Everybody is throwing 94 to 97 especially in the bullpen, the velocities have gone up. A hitter wants to know if that guy's trying to throw a ball middle in, like that the ball's going to be middle in. And some of these grip, as you said, some of the like the pine tar or the sticky or the the rosin tied with the sunblock lets them grip the ball more effectively. Where it crosses the line, again, unwritten rule of baseball. Um, I knew a guy that I pitched with in Puerto Rico and he would take the baseball and try and get the grass on it and the mud on it. Like just to create a little, <laughs> so that when he threw the ball, it was almost like not a knuckleball, but it wouldn't spin the way it was supposed to spin. It was oblong mm-hmm. or it was off kilter. And, and that's cheating. I mean, that's when the ball's not doing what it's supposed to do. I think we agree on this subject. So I think what Mike Schilt, Schilt was saying in this whole little diatribe was like, look, is this really where we want to police? Is this what we want to police in the game of baseball? Thank you. Let's look, let's look for steroids. Let's look for guys that are using it to get an unfair advantage, which is making the ball do things that it's not supposed to naturally do. But do I want, mm-hmm. especially the Cardinals have that guy that throws a hundred. I think he's on the IL, but they have the guy coming out of the back part of the bullpen that throws a hundred 98 to 101. You want him to make sure that he has a, a solid grip on that baseball. You don't want that thing flying, flying loose. And I think, you know, we saw it with uh Pilar. I mean, Pilar was, you know, oh, he's, man. Yeah, I mean that's a that was not a malintent pitch. That wasn't there was nothing wrong with what happened there, except that he got hit in the face by a ninety mile an hour fastball. So I mean, the less incidents we have like that, uh, the better. And I think the tirade went to the point where, or the diatribe. I don't want to call it a tirade. I feel like a tirade is like folding (laughs) chairs and like throw the base. Yeah, he was very calm and very direct and very critical and rightfully so. But I think that the the unwritten rule says like hey that stuff's okay and once we start lifting up that you know it's like opening pandora's box right once we start looking there then what are we going to do and lastly blummer my favorite thing i have a row of hats here in my office they all have like dirt (laughs) on them 
and none of it was an illegal substance, but a little pine tar, a little rosin, and the fact that you kept doing this, like just to dry your fingers. Mm -hmm. I loved my hat. I would wear the same hat all year. It was like my favorite thing. Like you're going to make mm -hmm. a guy get a new hat every start because it has a dirt spot on it. Give me a break. Oh, I mean, there can't be any big leaguers that agree with me. No, I, I would guarantee you. Yeah. If we were able to get, and hopefully, you know, when we get on this blue, blue wire podcast network, we can start to encourage more uh, guys to come on our show and we can ask them those questions. Uh, you know, it, whether they're old school or new school or current or retired players, I bet you, I bet they would say, Hey, if I, if I needed a grip, I was going to find a way to get it. And we, we weren't even allowed to go to our mouth on the dirt. I don't know if you remember that. I have to yeah, they can do that the now. mouth and I, and now you can do that. So if you're going to move mm -hmm. in that direction, why do they allow that now? Oh, well, it's cold out. Oh, we want to make sure they have a better grip. Okay. If you, if you're encouraging them now to go to their mouth, which had been, an, you know, kind of a no, no forever for as long as I played, then why now can you go, but you're going to police the fact that he has a black spot on his hat. Like it just doesn't make yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, this is, it, it, we, we could talk about this for days, but I just want to kind of, you know, wrap this up too and move on and give you a chance to talk about something you want to talk about too. But I mean, pitchers do have more of the advantage. And I, I, I don't know if that's true, but the, because pitchers are just better. Pitchers, pitchers have adapted to the current situation in a better fashion. They throw as hard as they possibly can. They spin the ball as hard as they possibly can. And they're taking advantage of hitters who don't have a, a, a good, approaches or good swings and that's why you yeah. have so many strikeouts that's exactly right anyway we've talked about this uh quite a bit i do have one uh one more subject or topic i do have like a what'll tuttle say topic for the next podcast it'll last forever Ooh. so it'll be fine um and it's not as topical but i you and i texted about this during the week so i thought it'd be uh you know nice to at least rehash it on this podcast for the new listeners and for people that maybe had an opinion last time that didn't get to chime in. So please get us at on the bleacherblums.com uh, website, the mailbag, and let us know what you think about this. But Blummer, I texted you this week. I am able to get on my MLB uh, app, TV, MLB.tv app. Thank you. Let me <laughs> yeah. say it right. And I can watch the Padres games, but I can't watch Dodgers or Angel games if I'm not at the stadium because they are blacked out. Yes. And Which who, who we, are you closer to? Yeah. I think You're by miles, San Diego than LA. I think by miles, believe it or not, because traffic stinks going to LA. I think within three <laughs> miles, I think Chavez Ravine oh. might be like three miles closer than. But it's an uh, hour Petco further. Park. Oh, it's an hour. But anyway, so my my Dodger Houston game was blacked out. The Dodger Giant game was blacked out last night. Um, but I can get the Padres anytime, anywhere. And I'm, that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make any sense to me. I understand blackout rules in terms of the NFL. We've hashed that out on this podcast, which again is not yeah. legitimate either. Cause when the chargers were here, I could, the chargers are on, but I couldn't get, you know, whatever Raiders mm -hmm. or Rams or anybody else. So it's the same rules that apply across the sports. This is something that has to be fixed. I don't know enough about the business yeah. sense, but if we're paying, especially if we're paying for the package, and then on top of that, Blummer, this is something I didn't get to. You. All right. I love that you're on this. The other thing is I like the post-game show. So why am I paying? So oh. I'm, I watch you on a regular, you know, and yeah. it's like, all right, that's it. And they show the handshakes and then thank you for watching the broadcast. Like, no, let's hear what the players have to say after the game. I paid for the broadcast. I watched 13 innings. Like, this is really you know, it went into extra innings and they cut it out. So why do they have to cut that out too? 
Is that advertising? I have no idea. So again, most of this is a question saying, Blummer, how do we get out-of-market games to be, uh, or in-market games to not be blacked out, if we're, especially if we're paying Major League Baseball for access to all the games? And then a little caveat to that is, why can't I watch the post-game show? I'd love to see. That's actually really interesting because locally, if you if you do invest the time and watch a game for four hours, you would like to see the post game. Whether you know, which doesn't matter which market you pick, is you want to hear the post game because that's where you do get a lot of the interviews and analysis post game after the game is over, which is really interesting because they do completely shut it off. I mean, those guys get screwed, and they're only available to their local markets if you have them on their cable network. Think about the guys that watch your show. They're like, Blummer, you guys, you and TK keep me alive and well. I'm in Germany. I'm overseas. I'm stationed overseas and I've got mm-hmm. the app and I love it. You know, thanks you so more. much. This is, I just want to watch a post game show. I watched the whole game. <laughs> you guys are the ones that I, I turn on to watch. Like, so why do they cut that off? That makes no sense to me. And so anyway, so that was a little bit of a, a an add on to what we said about out of market like games it. and blackouts. So I don't know how we fix it. And I don't know why they can't fix it now. And they can time everything. They do it all the time. Like oh, if, if I watch more than an hour of the game, then I have access to the post game show. Great. That's fine with me. I don't know. What say you? Well, here, here's my thing. I think you're on it. If you, with the MLB.tv or the MLB at bat app that you have and you pay to watch out of market games, and even why are you being penalized for living in an area that has two teams in LA, a team in San Diego and two teams in Northern California? I don't think that's fair. I think once you buy into that situation, there's enough technology out there to figure out, okay, this guy paid max value to watch every out-of-market game. We're going to let him watch as much as he possibly can. That's where I get frustrated because I believe the reason you do have a, a platform like that to broadcast and let fans choose whatever game they want is to let them watch whatever game you want because what are we doing when we allow people to do that? We're promoting what the game. What are we doing? What are we doing? You're you're say you're promoting the game, yet you're restricting people who paid money from watching those games, and that's where I get frustrated. Whether you like my broadcast or not, you want to watch a great matchup, uh, uh, you know, an intense matchup. You know, there's storylines, there's all this going on, and you want to tune in. And you can't, even though you paid max value for this package and you can't watch that game. That's where I get a little frustrated because I'm all about promoting the game of baseball. Uh, you know, on the West Coast, you 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 know, it's you can start watching games at four o'clock in the afternoon all the way until 11 o'clock at night. And that's why people buy this package and want to watch baseball that long. So it's kind of frustrating. I get it. I don't understand it. I wish there were a way to fix it. But Obviously, it has more to do with than you and I and the casual fan because money. Yeah. I'm sure it has to do with advertisers, but they're able to figure that stuff out now. I mean, even when yes. you watch YouTube, they'll pop up a little uh, uh, an ad or something like that. Yeah, it's ultimately really frustrating for the casual fan. And then someone like me who, uh, you know, I'm a Giants fan living in Southern California. You know, I can pay for the package and watch a Giants game, but I'd love to see the post game show. So. Again, two issues mm-hmm. there. Why do they keep blacking out these things when you're paying for it? And then secondly, why can't I just watch the post-game show? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I know follow the almighty dollar that works, but I think with this new connection to Blue Wire <laughs> podcast, uh, the whole network and all you know, the sports vertical they have with over 150 podcasts, maybe we'll be able to get connected with an executive or you know, even a, 
um, you know, a regional director of marketing or something like that, that will be able to yeah. shed some light on it. And maybe, you know, your, your TV crew, maybe you have access in Houston to AT&T Sportsnet, not like that they would come out and necessarily talk about how their advertising dollars work. Yeah. And, and, Sources. And say. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we do have, um, you know, instead of just throwing these questions out to people and, you know, hearing their frustration and what solutions they have, maybe we can get to the bottom of it with this, uh, with the access that we may gain from having a, a bigger network of, uh, of resources, because it is frustrating. And, you know, you, we can start, start small grassroots, man, we can make a change. <laughs> yeah, we, we are starting over again. And uh, we always appreciate everybody listening to the Bleacher Blums podcast. We are going to finish this one off and remind everybody that you can find us on every audio platform that carries a podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. That's how you get more of us. That's how you encourage us. The, the, the content will stay very similar. The format may change a little bit, and that's part of the excitement of us moving to the Blue Wire Podcast Network is that we are going to have more accessibility and more resources at our fingertips with this network working with us. And we are excited about it. And one thing we will never change is at the end of this podcast, we will never stop saying we are grateful for all the first responders out there, both uh, on, on the law enforcement side and on the medical side who are rushing into harm's way to keep us safe and protected here on, on domestically. Uh, everybody who's fighting the COVID virus still and in, injecting the vaccines and making sure everybody who does get it comes back healthy. Uh, everybody abroad, especially military, we're heading into Memorial Day weekend where we, we recognize those who, who really laid down and gave the ultimate sacrifice for us to be here and have a podcast opportunity. So we are grateful for, to all military, all first responders, all frontline workers. We are greatly uh, uh, appreciative of you. And Tuttle, we got a little bit of a tagline too, man. If you've got anything else to say, run this thing home. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Blummer. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, so... I, I'm a big CrossFit fanatic and, um, you know, we do uh, a lot for, um, you know, a lot of fundraisers and things for first responders, military. Um, next week, obviously, uh, Memorial Day Murph is the workout on yeah, Monday, but we're, al we're also doing Hero Week, uh, Hero Wad Week. And it, and it actually, uh, it, it, um, each workout is indicative of the sacrifice that somebody made, uh, a workout that they either liked or is uh, tied to them. Uh, posthumously. And I think just as another reminder, as you said, people, they confuse often Veterans Day and Memorial Day, right? Veterans are people that served and uh, did a lot for this country. But Memorial Day obviously recognized people that, as you mentioned, paid the ultimate sacrifice with their life for this country so that we have the freedoms and uh, the ability to kind of live in this free country that we uh, so much enjoy and the ability to do this podcast. So again, let's not forget that on Memorial Day. Think about uh, those people uh, and the ultimate sacrifice they made for this country. And Blummer, as you said, our tagline, we encourage everybody to get after it and believe it.